The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. Before we get into today's program, let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you're not familiar with Jobbing.com, they are the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Thank you, Jobbing.com. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing a colleague and friend I met when we were both going through Leadership Texas. Dr. Courtney Baker is a speech therapist, business owner, entrepreneur, speaker, philanthropist, wife, mother of three, and proud native Texan. She is the owner and CEO of Kids Care Therapy, which is a pediatric home health care agency that employs more than 300 people and helps assist over 2,000 pediatric patients throughout the state of Texas. Most recently, Courtney has opened Baker Management Group, which is a consulting and executive leadership coaching business in which she can pursue her dream of helping other women grow and develop to their full leadership capacities. She joins us today right here from my office studio in Dallas for this conversation. Dr. Courtney Baker, it is wonderful to have you with me. Welcome to Working on Purpose. Well, thank you, Elise. It's so good to be here. It's so much fun. Who knew that when we met in 2014 that we'd be sitting here doing this? Isn't this fun? I know. It's amazing. Thank you, Leadership Women, for putting on the program that you did and helping me find this amazing woman. That's your programming, so thank you. Yes. Well, lots to cover in the short time that we have here, and ultimately, we want to get to the place where we talk about your early journey of how this all began and maybe shouldn't have begun for your early circumstances, but today, would you just maybe tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're up to? What do you put yourself into these days? Oh, my goodness. Right now, um, I, like you said, I'm starting, uh, founded Baker Management Group, which is coaching and consulting And it's being able to apply the knowledge that I have had as um, an entrepreneur and CEO of Kids Care and um, help other women, especially. That's that's my heart, um, is is helping other women, but I'm not opposed to helping men either. But helping other women, um, coaching and consulting, and really helping them identify their purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed. I don't know that our other conversations that I heard you, I've heard you articulate before that you're actually passing on a lot of the wisdom and experience and expertise that you got from being a CEO of Kids Care Therapy. I didn't realize that. That's mm-hmm. so smart and so lovely of you. Not surprising, given <laughs> what I know of you. What else are you up to? I mean, you've got three kids. Um, I know that you're involved in all kinds of activities where you're helping give back and such. And we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that later on. But what else are you involved in? Well, right now I'm, I'm doing a coaching program through UT Dallas, 
Um, I just finished my doctorate, um, juggling um, starting a new business, owning another business, um, and being a wife and a mom, and, and my speaking business is, is growing, um, so that's, that's exciting, and that's taken off, so um, yeah, I'm just kind of, every morning I wake up and I go, okay, God, where are we going today? <laughs> it's wonderful, Courtney. It's so wonderful, and you're so humble about it. I mean, when I listen to what you're up to, and you're just like, I'm just being me, I'm just having fun, <laughs> and I think it's part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show is that I think you're such a great example and inspiration to other people who are trying to reach their dreams and their goals and I'm wondering how do I do it all uh-huh. and you are you're doing it all somehow yeah you just you wake up and and you make a commitment to to make every day count the best that you can and and you know I think from my early journey which I know we'll get into um, but it's like you know your destiny you're in charge of writing it. So, and you got one shot at this, honestly. And when I was at Pepperdine, one of the things that we were asked to do is write our 80th birthday toast. Wow. And it was such, it was during orientation and we were all like, oh my gosh, you know, this is deep. What are we going to say? But it really was a time to reflect who, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be known for when you're 80? Because you're writing your destiny. You're writing your journey every single day. And are you living into that person that you want to be known for? Mm, that is so beautiful. Not surprising, but beautiful. <laughs> now I know what you speak about. <laughs> well, we have to get into what you've been doing here at Kids Care Therapy. You're the CEO of this organization. And I think I want to know, and I'm sure my listeners will as well, how did it begin? When did it begin? And why did you start this business? Well, that's that's really a good question, and a lot of people question my sanity, but <laughs> okay. um, it was 2002 when I was working at another agency, and um, I just didn't feel valued and really cared about. Mm-hmm. There were comments that were made about employees being replaceable, and you know, I was 28, so I knew everything, <laughs> right, as, as all 28-year-olds think so, Um I had just gotten married. I was pregnant with our daughter, my second child, and my husband had been laid off. It was right after September 11th when the economy was bad. And um, I decided, and then he got a job working nights. And I decided I would go ahead and just start my own company because I didn't have anything else to do, you know, being pregnant and, you know, working for (laughs) someone else. So um, I had... I was the only therapist. I had 10 patients. I had a very small amount in the bank and zero business knowledge. So what's the best thing you can do when you're 28 and pregnant? Start a company. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I did. Um, So we officially opened the doors in October 27th of 2003 and after we had incorporated. And I originally had a partner um, and we were together for about two years, and then we decided to part ways. Um, and um, it's just, you know, the, the, the best thing about kids care, and I, I'm not, like, saying this fluff. Like, seriously, the best part about kids care is the, the people are passionate about what they do, as passionate as I am. I mean, just making a difference in 2,000 little kids' lives. And that's our census today. I, I would love to know how many kids we've touched over the course of 12 years. And what is your service offering? What are you actually doing for these kids? We do speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and we also offer case management services. 
So if you have, um, you know, a family who's having trouble getting their bills paid for their lights, then they can call our case management, caseworker department, and um, they'll work with them. We have social workers. So so we went from 10 patients to about 2,000, and now we have, um, we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Tyler. So it's exciting. Not only did you make it, because as we all know, most businesses that have begun fail. That's I don't remember what the statistic is, but it's pretty high. Like, what is it, 95% or something crazy like that. (sighs) Not only did you make it, but you've really done well. You've been at it for, what, 13 years? 13 and a half years. 12, yeah. 12 years. Yeah. Who who needs math, right? I know, right? 12 years. (laughs) Uh, So what do you attribute to your success? Why do you think you made it this way? Um determination for one um we honestly we should not have survived because we had um some internal struggles with um well we were dealing with the fact that our previous employers weren't happy with us i'll just put it that way okay and um and then um i mean a very small amount in the bank and we had people who believed in us. I mean, it is such a testament to Kids Care and the mission and the vision of what we do when I can say, you know, the person who's my president has been with me almost, I mean, we're 12 years old. She's been with me 12 years in March. And I have another person who started as a receptionist and she is, um, she's one of my top supervisors at the office now and I mean she remembers and who knows she might be listening um but her first day at work she put together her chair she walked in and she was like what am I going to do and I said you see that box right there that's your chair we need to build it go ahead I'll be I'll be putting together the files so you know just having people who are committed to what we do and really believed in what we were what we stood for um there were a lot of, oh, it was an uphill battle, but, and oh God, Elise, I remember when we were starting and um, I told you my husband was working nights and he would come home from working nights at like seven in the morning and I'd be in the bed with the covers over my head, just sobbing. And then he would look at me and he'd be like, get up. What are you doing? You got to get out of bed. You, this is not an option. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. And that, is what, that has been the, um, the motivator behind, like, when I'm having bad days or, or rough things are going on, and I go, you know what? If it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. Get up. Mm-hmm. You got this, kid. You know? I mean, you got this. You could do it. I love that. It's such an important message for our listeners as well when they're thinking about, should I jump into the world of owning my own business? And um, it, it is important when you think about what do I have what I'm made of. And I know in an earlier interview, and you know Siobhan Palmer from Plaid for Women, mm-hmm. she was saying that if, as an entrepreneur, if you're not willing and able to put in 70 plus hours a week, then you probably better not do it. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really important for people. To, and she said, you have to have passion for it because if you don't have passion, it's not going to carry you through those 70 hours. No. And why would you want to do something for 70 hours you're not passionate about? Right. And that's what she was saying, too. What a waste. And that kind of goes back. I want to take it back just a smidge to what you said earlier about when you left your other job. You said that you didn't feel valued mm-hmm. or appreciated. 
I want to talk about that just a little bit because in the world of work that I'm in, involved in, which is really a lot of it is around employee engagement, performance, retention, what we've learned in that space is oftentimes the number one reason that people leave their jobs is related to their manager. And maybe it's related or not to their manager, but the, the, piece, the piece is what, they, what they're missing is that feeling of being valued and appreciated. Everybody wants that. And Absolutely. if it's not there, right, if it's not there, then you're like, well, I'd rather go someplace else. So my question for you is, what are you doing for, for your employees to make them feel valued and appreciated? Um, we have a care committee. So with our core values, um, our, our core values are commitment, accountability, respect, and ethics. And or results in ethics, I'm sorry, could be respect too. Um, <clears throat> and we have a care committee that really has focused on what what do we want, what does our team want to do, and making sure that we have activities that help keep them engaged. And I mean, they, it's so funny, they had a scavenger hunt. You know, it's like they, they just, they're really committed to making sure that um, people like where they are. And another thing, I mean, we've had a pretty rough go-around last legislative session um, it was proposed that there were going to be 27% budget cuts to our services. Oh, so, yeah. So in preparation for that, we really had to cut back on doing a lot of things. And that was hard because as someone who's been able to do it in the past and knowing, you know, I wonder, are, are people's expectations, are they going to feel not valued because we aren't able to do the things that we used to be able to do? Um, but we, it's been really good. It's, we've had a lot of support and people saying, I understand. I know, you know, things are kind of scary right now in that space, but we're here and we support you. So that's been neat. It's amazing. And I've certainly learned in my own journey path, the, the, the value and the importance of getting that support from friends. Oh my gosh, it's huge. Supporters mm-hmm. huge. Absolutely. Well, that kind of makes me wonder next about one of the things I know you've just finished, and I don't know how what kind of support you had to, to get to finish this, but you just completed your EDD in organizational leadership. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Big deal. Really big deal. So, But I have to understand, what made you decide to get this degree? Why did you endeavor to do this in the first place on top of everything else you're up to? Well, it's funny because when I first started my um, dis- my journey with higher education again, um, the second time I had looked at going into uh, global leadership through uh, another a, a local university and but that was a double master's program and I thought well if I'm going to do I don't want three masters I might as well go get a doctorate so right. it was just one of those things that it was a passion and a, and a determination of mine from when I was younger and we'll talk about that a little bit um, later. But um, it was one of those things where I should never have been able to do it with everything else that has gone on in my life. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it. So it was just a personal journey, a personal dream of mine to, to have it done. And how did you juggle all the other things that you have going on to do it? I can very well remember when I was working on my PhD, I finished it in 2005, I remember getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to find a couple hours to study before I went to work, and then I tried doing it at midnight, trying to, you know, you just do what you have to do to find the time to knock it out. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to do the program? Um, well, I started in 2012 in August, and then had a health 
issue in September of 2012. So I took that semester off, started back January 2013, and just finished in December 2015. So I guess, you know, right at three years. Okay, that's amazing. It took me six. <laughs> uh, I did have a lot of changes in that time, but it did take me six. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that health issue for just a moment, because one of the things that I do know about your story is that you you have navigated through a lot. And just hearing you talk about it, you talk about it in a very nonchalant, matter-of-fact way. But when you really look at what you've been through, it's incredible. So what's the health issue you were talking about? What happened to you? Um, in 2012, September 18th, 2012, I had a massive stroke. I had a cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. Mm-hmm. So it's a stroke in two places. Uh, or that mine was a stroke in two places. And actually, 50% of people who have those uh, die. So I'm, I'm very fortunate and very lucky. So I took the that semester off and then started back in January. Um, I had such support from my, um, my cohort from school telling me, you know, get back to class. You got this. And, and, of course, you know, I have an amazing support system with my husband and my family. And, you know, everyone at work was, was really encouraging, too. What about the recovery? I mean, you had a stroke, for gosh sakes. Yeah. What was that like? Um, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot of it. And I do still have some memory problems sometimes, um, especially if I'm tired. Um, and... But, you know, I mean, it was just, um, I had great leaders at work who were able to keep the company going while I was able to recuperate. And, you know, my husband was, because I I had a seizure too, so I couldn't drive for six months and, you know, just had just incredible support. Oh, maybe just a little bit of resolve. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, I think about that for just a moment there. But um, hats off, Dr. Courtney Baker, well, for getting you. through all of that with the health hazard issue, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't know of too many people who would have persevered through that. Maybe that they would have seen that as a sign that maybe it's time for me to let up a little bit on the gas pedal. But not you. You just plow right through. Well, I did. I did start taking some time off from work. Um, and and then devoted that time also to school once I was able to. Okay. All right. Well, hold that thought for just a moment. We're, in for, we're already up for our first break here. Okay. That's a good time for us to break. So I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Dr. Courtney Baker, who is the CEO of Kids Care Therapy and has recently opened Baker Management Group, a consulting and executive leadership coaching business. We've been talking a bit about her current business and how she's been working on her education. After the break, we'll get more into her field of research and what she's learned about that that's helped shape what she wants to do in her offerings today. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. 
To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Courtney Baker, who is a speech therapist, business owner, entrepreneur, speaker, philanthropist, wife, mother of three, and proud native Texan. She is the CEO of Kids Care Therapy and has recently opened Baker Management Group, which is a consulting and executive leadership coaching business. She's joining us for this conversation right here with me in my Dallas office studio with me. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're going to pick up where we left off. We were talking a bit about your, your, your studies and your, your EDD. What I want to get into next, if we can, Dr. Baker, mm-hmm. is what you were actually studying for your dissertation. It's a big deal to come up with what you're going to focus on for mm-hmm. your dissertation because you're going to pour a lot of yourself into that, and it has to be an area that you're passionate about, you want to learn something about, and you want to shed some light on it, and it has to be a unique contribution. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how did you arrive at your area of inquiry for your dissertation, and what did you study? Oh, gosh, we don't have enough time for all that. <laughs> okay, okay. I am so passionate about what I did. Um, I wanted to study something that was, um, that I had a frame of reference, that I had some familiarity with. So I chose to study women leaders in healthcare. And when I did my literature review, I found that 74% of healthcare is female, but only about 11% of the CEOs are female. So I looked at that and I said, what is causing this disparity? Where are all these women in the top level leadership ranks. And so I looked at the women that had reached CEO, CFO, chief medical officer, chief nursing officer status at hospitals, academic medical facilities, um, home health agencies. And I asked them what challenges and obstacles they had been through to get to where they were. And there were four challenges that were identified The first one, obviously, the struggle of raising a family while you're trying to grow your career, which, I mean, if you have kids, you can understand that. And the second one was they were currently challenged. So here they had reached this this top of the, the mountain and looked out, and they weren't ready to retire, but there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity of where to go next. So growth opportunities, and they were currently challenged. And then the third one was gender. Now, I went into it thinking, oh, you know, it's probably the men holding the women down, but it was not. It was so often 
the women spoke to me about having um, not female mentors, but female tormentors. Oh my gosh, wow. Yes, it was incredible. So it was a lot of women, you know, talking about female bullies in the workplace and holding each other down and not, not helping them advance. And then the fourth one, which blew me away, was 50% of my participants spoke to me about lacking confidence. And that just, you know, here they have reached the epitome of success in their, their particular field, and they still lacked confidence. And it just, it was, that has been something that has really been the precursor to the, the catalyst, I guess, to what I'm doing now. It is really interesting, and I have to say, I've also seen that in other in other candid conversations that I've had with people that are very successful, and they, if, if you ask them to be open with you and authentic with you, they will oftentimes say that they struggle with, with confidence, and I find that mind-blowing. The reason I want to bring that up is because I think it's really important for our listeners to hear that. Mm-hmm. Really successful people struggle with confidence. We all do. Absolutely. You probably do too, listeners out there, and so... It's important that you recognize that it's if you are showing your confidence, welcome to the club, <laughs> right? And know that you have a chance to be very, very successful like other people too. And so that was another thing about your work that I wanted to really showcase because I think it's really important. And in the show that I did on January 6th with Siobhan Palmer, we talked a bit about how, back to your earlier point, about how women can compete against each other versus supporting each other. And why might that be? And I don't know if you have any insights to that in your conversations. Did you find anything about what's behind that? Um, I have my own uh, theory, I guess. And, you know, a lot of it's insecurity. And mm-hmm. it's also coming from a scarcity model instead of an abundance model and thinking there's enough for everyone and feeling like, well, if you get that promotion or that advancement, then I didn't. And therefore, you know, I need to hold you down. It's just, and it's not a mentality I understand um, because I come from an abundance model of, you know, I, if you do something great, I pat you on the back, way to go, girl. You know, and, and so I don't understand that, but I see it um, in their stories. So it, it's definitely a real thing. Um, also, one of the CEOs that I spoke to Um, talk to me about imposter syndrome and that's when you're waiting for everyone to find out that you're a fraud Mm. and she had such an incredible journey and talked to me about her whole story and I really connected with her and then when she said that I was like oh my gosh but you know what I was I, I almost well I did say me too I get that mm-hmm I have heard of the imposter syndrome, certainly, and, and I think I can certainly relate to that sometimes in my own life, and I've talked with others who can as well. Um, and, and one of the things that you said there that's interesting, this idea of the scarcity versus abundance lens, I haven't heard that before, but that makes a lot of sense to me, Courtney. That's really interesting. I should, uh, I should research that. I think, yeah, maybe get some, some meat behind this theory of yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's anything that would support that uh-huh. out there. Yeah. Uh, and maybe some of our listeners have some thoughts about that and, and we'll weigh in on it. But I, I think it's really interesting what you're bringing up, really, in, because I, one of the things that I've thought about is, is it that women see each other as competition for male attention? Is that part of what's also driving it? It's just a natural way that we've 
come up in the world. I don't know. But anyway, I think there's lots of room for investigation there. Well, they see each other as competition for everything, male and female, which is very sad to me. Mm-hmm. Because women, I feel, are, are happen to be our own worst enemies sometimes. And that's that's so unfortunate because we really have got to start building each other up and um, supporting each other. Because if, if we don't, who will? Well, and to that end, one of the things that I like about um, what Sheryl Sandberg talks about is if you don't like looking around the room and seeing who the leaders are and that many of them might be male, well, then do something about it. And that means that you need to step into leadership on your own and support other women who are aspiring for those leadership roles. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about that that confidence piece here. I know what's what's interesting for me, and now I'm getting this a little bit more clearly in what you're saying in terms of how the confidence that that piece that you discovered in your research has now become more of the pinnacle. It was maybe the precursor to what you're interested in today. Um, how many you you it makes me kind of wonder how many people struggle with confidence but don't talk about it, like what you learned. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you gave them a very private conversation that was confidential nobody's going to know their identities right but do you have any idea how many people struggle with confidence but just haven't had a chance to tell somebody about it that's a great question and that's really the um the conversation i'm getting started now um and and i talk about that in some of my talks um i have a talk that that discusses that and then another one 10 do's and don'ts for women in business and one of those uh, the top three do's is know your worth Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Know that you have inherent worth and value and that you are uniquely created just as you are. How wonderful. And I know, I haven't actually heard you speak yet, but I've heard from people who have and they rave about you. Oh, well, they thank just you. rave about you. I, I can't wait to be in the audience myself. I do know that you have a webinar coming up on confidence. Uh-huh. Um, so can you give us maybe some advanced insight as to some pearls of wisdom that you plan to share? What are you going to talk about? Yeah, um, one of the things, like, I think the main thing is that people first have to identify their negative self-talk. We all have it, all of us. But if you think about that voice and what it's saying, would you be okay with that voice talking to your children that way? And if it's not okay to talk to your kids that way, then why is it okay for you to talk to you that way? Wow, that is an amazing point, an amazing point. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of Sheila that way before. So, is this notion of confidence? Is this a part, is this a big part of what you're going to, trying to work with in, in your coaching? Is it a big part of your platform? Where is it in your work? Yeah, it is. It is because, especially knowing what I have come through, and um, you know, people need to realize like everything that you've been through is just a stepping stone to get to where you are, and um, it, it's really helping me identify where my confidence needs to be bolstered up too you know I mean we all have that negative self-talk but identifying it and saying you know what I'm gonna take that thought out of my head and throw it away this is not mine I am not claiming that so what other tips can you help us with help give it I like to make sure that our listeners get some good practical tips and ideas from 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 the shows as well sure the other one I think, um, make, well, one of several is maintain a positive support network because so many times we have people that, and I say this in, in jest, but it's like they should all over you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You should do this. You should do that. You should. And it's like, don't let them go should on somebody else. <laughs> 
with just the right Texas accent, that could come off so different. <laughs> well. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. So bless their heart. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And what else? Any other any other pearls? Something else I think, that you can share with us? Yeah. I mean, I, identify your talents and what you're good at, and take pride in them. Reflect on them. You know, it's so easy to say, well, I haven't accomplished this or I haven't. No, what have you accomplished? If you are you breathing, you've accomplished something. You know, it's funny because one of the the people that I've heard talk who I absolutely love, um, she always said, you know, she's when she talks, she says, you know what? If you got here and you got two matching shoes on and you got clothes on and your hair's done and you got here semi on time, you are a leader. You did it. (laughs) So you have and the other thing, learn to accept compliments. Mm-hmm. You Women know, especially need to learn yeah, to accept compliments. Definitely, and I have a hard time with this one because I think, oh, you're just saying, oh, you just have you like you just have to like me, you know, or whatever. But seriously, learn to accept compliments with grace. Thank you. Wow, thank you. That really made my day. I have a friend who said we were talking about this exact same thing. And she said, you know what's a great response when somebody gives you a compliment? You say, thank you. That is so true. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jennifer Barnes, that's you, my dear. You said that. I thought that was such a beautiful that's thing. That's cute. Yeah. I love it. And you do it with a nice, beautiful smile on yeah, your face. That you're so right. <laughs> I have to. I have to segue just for a moment here. When you talk about the idea of confidence, I just thought about this little short story that just ha- happened to me. One of the things that I think is helpful is that or it's important to understand is that we don't always know our value because what we t- we take for granted the things that we know how to do mm-hmm. or we are sure right we assume that everybody else can do them I hear it all the time in my meeting and work research people say oh yeah everybody wants this everybody does this no they don't no it's amazing how unique it is and so as an example I was having a conversation with a friend here and we were talking about how we manage money how we manage our everyday living expenses and I said, well, I just I have a, I have a method where I, I use Quicken, the software, and what I do is I populate and forecast every single ongoing expense that I, that I have for my household, mm-hmm. and I project it, and I look at the numbers and the past expenses and how I spent it in, the, years, in the, pre- the previous year, and I have a placeholder in there. So there's like 100 tra- transactions that I forecast into the Quicken. And then each week I go through and I populate with the actual you know, receipt that I used. Mm-hmm. But it lets me see very clearly how much money and what, where I'm going to spend for the whole year. Oh, that's good. And I was saying that to my friend who happens to be a financial planner. He goes, wow, I've never actually heard somebody do that before. And I just figured everybody did that. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. That was just a small example of that. But I hear it so often. People say, well, of course you can do this. Everybody can do that. No, you can't. So. No, you can't. And you've got to stop comparing yourself to others. I mean, that's that's another one of my big steps of, you know, if you're going to find your own identity and your own worth and your own value, then you can't live into someone else's daily life. Yours is yours. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think I, I can get on that whole social media soapbox, but... It's really, I mean, it's hard, you know, if you're having a really crappy day and you look online and someone's just, um, you know, baked cookies, you know, from scratch for their family and you're like, my kids are lucky to get hamburger helper tonight. And, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you just have to go with what you, you have to do your best you mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. nobody else's fake. Well, the other thing is finding whatever that best you is. I can tell you, I remember so distinctly, I, I know of a friend who has um, three beautiful kids. They're amazing, all three of them. And um, the younger one is like, 
gosh, you know, my older brother is this fantastic musician, he's so talented. My other brother is great in sports, he's a great soccer player. What's my gift? And he's wondering, I think at age nine, what his gift is. And I can tell you that I know a lot of people out there can relate to that. Yeah. And so I, I would hope that what you listener, our listeners are, are hearing is, look for your gift. It is there. Yeah. You just have to find it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing is that, in, that I'm doing through my coaching is helping people identify what their unique purpose and value and gifts are. And it, it's it's so fun because when they do find it, it's like, yes. You know, I mean, it, it's like. I'm so excited that you have, it, it, it opens a whole new world for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, and to that end, I know you have two TEDx presentations scheduled here. One's February 27th, one is March 4th. What are you going to talk about? Oh. And, I mean, this is so cool that you're doing TEDx stuff, by the way. That is so cool. It is exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my top 10 do's and don'ts for women in business. And why candor looks different for men than it does for women mm. in the workplace. Mm. So for both of those talks, yeah, okay, yeah. Are they going to be here in Dallas or where? One, yeah, the one on February twenty seventh is at ACU, so Abilene Christian, and the one in uh, March is at Texas Women's University. That is amazing. Can you tell us at all how did you get this gig? How I mean, how, what does it take to be a TEDx speaker? For gosh sake, you just have to apply. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I'm seeing a recurring theme here. Yeah. It's nothing to it. You just do this. You stuff. just apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well um, how many people do you think will be in the audience? Well, at the one for TWU, their theater only holds 100. Okay. So um, at ACU, I'm not quite sure. That's a great question. Um, but I, I, the tickets have gone on sale for ACU, but they haven't gone on sale yet for the TWU talk. But what's really cool about that one is their um, broadcasting uh, throughout the whole campus. Oh, that's awesome. Simulcasting? Yes, that's the word. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, so they're going to have that. Um, they're going to have rooms set up. I mean, they are so excited about this because it's their first one. But the guy who's in charge of it is so pumped, and he gets us all excited for, you know, it's like it's all going to be on YouTube, and they're they're going to have amazing um video and it's just I'm and then I've been online to see other ACU ones and that it looks top notch like they they really know what they're doing so I'm I'm excited a little nervous but you know what if it was easy everybody would do it oh my gosh another another great Courtneyism if it was easy everybody would do it uh, well, so inspiring. I'm so thrilled that you joined me for this. I can't wait Thanks to hear the, the, the last uh, the last segment. We're going to get into your, your earlier journey here. But it's time for a short break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We, we've been on the air with Dr. Courtney Baker, who is the CEO of Kids Care Therapy. and has recently opened Baker Management Group, which is a consulting and executive leadership coaching business. After the break, we're going to get into that early personal journey of finding herself pregnant at age 18, I think it was. It is. And we're going to, we're going to finish the show with, with that conversation. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. 
She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style. Be the star you are. Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Dr. Courtney Baker, who is a speech therapist, business owner, entrepreneur, speaker, philanthropist, wife, mother of three, and proud native Texan. She is the CEO of Kids Care Therapy and has recently opened Baker Management Group, which is a consulting and executive leadership coaching business. She's joining us for this conversation right here with me in my Dallas office studio. We've been talking a bit about her research that she's been into for her for her EDD. To finish the show, I purposely wanted to situate this last because I think it's really important that you, we could hear all the things that you've actually done, Dr. Baker, all the things that you've accomplished today. Now we're going to take you back to the very beginning. And so when I, I hear your story, I am so intrigued and amazed by what you've done because, as I understand it, you found yourself uh, pregnant at 18. You were still in high school. And, I mean, it was a pretty rough start. You were living on food stamps and Medicaid Without a lot of options. So tell us the story. What happened and how'd you start out? Oh, well, um, you know, I think that life has um, catalysts, um, kind of like iceberg events. So you're cruising right along and then bam, you hit the iceberg and you didn't see it coming. My iceberg event was when my sister died when I was 16 and she was 20 and she had a heart defect that no one knew about. And so she was there one day, gone the next. And I had a hard time dealing with it, um, you know, just trying the best I could to cope and manage and, you know. So 
I um, gained a lot of weight, and then my senior year, I was like, I've got to get this under control. So I lost a lot of weight, and I got my first boyfriend ever. I was so excited. I was the first senior accepted to any college in the nation. I was going to go to Texas A&M, and um, then when we were applying for dorms, I found out I was pregnant. So um, I found out in March. I graduated high school in June. I had my 19th birthday in September, and I'll never forget, I got a rocking chair for my birthday <laughs> at 19. And then December 2nd, 1993, had my son. So, um, yeah, I was single. Um, I lived at home with my mom, and um, he, he's the, the biological father has never been in the picture. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough start. And only 2% of single teenage moms ever go on to get their college degree. And so um, at that point, I was like, well, I've been a statistic once. I'm not going to do it again. I'll make sure I, you know, come hell or high water, do this. One of the big reasons I wanted to have you on the show is I think it's so important for people to understand that, that you can really overcome overcome challenges, uh, that it's that it's so important to persevere and that others have gone before you and done some of those things. So part of what I want this show to be is one part education, one part inspiration. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to help people get some tips from the show that how others have gone before them and been successful and done what they wanted to do. But I also want them to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And I think your your story is one of those where really it shouldn't have come out the way that it did. Yeah. You shouldn't be the CEO of this very successful company. You shouldn't have gotten your EDD. Uh, you shouldn't still be happily married. You should. You, know, you sh- it just shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And and yet here you are. And yeah. so, can you talk a little bit about some of the those thoughts in your mind? How did you get through that? How did you get past living on stamp, food stamps and Medicaid, working? I think it was just regular um, I was minimum wage jobs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was waiting tables. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the talks that I give is I am a bumblebee. And I don't know if you know the story of the bumblebee, Mm -mm. but if you look at the bumblebee, the body is really big and the wings are really small. So aerodynamically, the bumblebee should not be able to fly, but it does. And that's what my talk is. I am a bumblebee, but you are too. We all have challenges. We all have things that have ca- happened in life that come up and you overcome because what's your alternative? You know, not waking up tomorrow. But the sheer momentum of just when you're in a bad place like that, of the, the negative downward pole that wants you just to be sucked down the drain, how did you overcome that? Well, it's um, one of my, one of my, you know, strongest beliefs is my faith in God. And that that has gotten me through, oh, everything. Honestly, everything. Um, I had, when Landon was a year and a half, I got married. And I was married for, um, I left the day before our three-year anniversary. And I was in Illinois. I didn't know, um, I had no family there. And um, I was in school and I wanted to come home, but I would have had to pay out-of-state tuition and I would have lost my entire junior year um, because I was starting my senior year. So I stayed in and, and, you know, I look back and it's like just 
things happen for a reason. And if I hadn't have been there and I wouldn't have stayed there, I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't be where I am today. So I look back with gratitude, honestly. I mean, yeah, there were some really crappy times, but out of God is the only thing that can take a big pile of manure and make flowers. <laughs> that is so gorgeous. Talk about glass half full for me. <laughs> uh, so one of the things I think I remember you saying is that you made a deal with God when you found out you were pregnant. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was like, all right, God, it's me and you, kid. I mean, it, I, I have, I made the decision to keep my son and, um, but I needed help. I wasn't able to do it on my own. And I, you know, what was crazy is that I was waiting tables and I was tithing 10% of my wages. And every week it was like I had enough, even on a waitress salary or, you know, like two thirteen an hour is what I was getting paid plus wow, tips. Wow, two thirteen an hour. Remember that, you listeners, $2.13 an hour in 19 what? 93. 1993. But that was a waitress. Waitress was uh they weren't minimum wage. It was below minimum wage because you're expected to get tips. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I was nine months pregnant working double shifts at Black Eyed Pea. <laughs> I mean, that's a country song. It's, it's, it is a country song that's dying. <laughs> Debbie Glenn, if you're listening, you yes. got to write a country song about this. <laughs> uh, so is that Black Eyed Pea still around? Um, yeah. I don't know if that particular one is. That one was in Garland. Um, I don't know if this is at all related to what you've been talking about, but one of the things that you are famous for saying is that you live life on 20%. What does that mean? Oh, okay. So in 2005, I had a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lungs. Holy cow, so you had the stroke last year? So in 2005, there was a PE, and 30% of the people die before they get to the hospital. So... I looked at that and I was like, all right, God, you know, take, take away 30%. I'm living life on 70%. Like those aren't great odds, but it's passing. I mean, for an overachiever like me, you know, you don't, you're not happy with 70%, but it works. You know, I mean, you're alive. So I was like, okay, God, it's me and you. We got this. We're, we're on 70%. And then bam, the stroke. 50% of the people die before they even have the surgery for the stroke. So I was like, well, I was on 70%. Now I'm on, you take 50, I'm on 20%. So I'm living life on 20% and I'm making every day count. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Most people don't know how to respond to me. <laughs> how does your husband deal with you? I mean, he oh must my be gosh. like, what is this? He's the biggest supporter ever. I mean, he's just, he's amazing and he's a great daddy and a great husband and you know he's just like he he, I don't even know he just deals with me (laughs) honey how do you deal with me (laughs) he's like I'll tell you later when you come home I'm not telling people on the air yeah I'm not calling in for this Um, how wonderful and along those lines and this is so much of what I know about you Courtney is your heart you are all heart and I think that's what makes you such a great speaker I think that's going to make make you a great coach already is making you a great coach but in your business it's going to be phenomenal Mm -hmm. thank you I see that spilling over I mean I know you've talked about how you give back and that's an important part of who you are but 
you said something to me the other day at lunch about you have some you have a couple of kids in Africa that you support yeah what's this yeah my babies Oliver and Faustina um so in 2012 when my son graduated or I think 2012 when he graduated high school um I should know that sorry Landon um I told him we could go anywhere for his uh, graduation present, but it had to be a mission trip. So he said, let's go to Africa. So we found this amazing organization called Family Legacy right here in Irving. And we went over there and um, we taught vacation Bible school to orphans and fell in love so I said, I have to know, like, how do you have any that don't have sponsors? And they said, yeah, actually, we have two, um, Oliver and Faustina. And I met them, and I just talked with them. And, oh, my gosh, as soon as Faustina knew she was going to be adopted, she wrote my husband a letter and it said, I've never had a daddy, but now I do. Oh, my god. We gosh. still have it. Yeah. How old are they? Faustina's 16 and Oliver's 11. So what's involved in this care? What do you do for these kids? Well, we, I mean, we support them. They go to school. That helps for their food, clothing, school, um, their house mom. So they live in, um, Family Legacy has villages, like not villages, but houses that they've set up on their property and that's where they live. So they have a house mom who takes care of, I want to say, like, there's 10 kids to a house. And, um, yeah, so we've been over there. We went back in 2013 and saw them. And it's the hardest thing to leave them, though, because when you're leaving, you don't know when the next time you're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. And where are they in Africa? Zambia. Zambia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. It's, it's so amazing. So, oh, it's it's just the best, the best, the best organization because you are able to actually put, you know, a, a face and a story and a heart to what you're doing. It's not like you're just given and not knowing who it's touching. Oh. As if this interview didn't have enough to it already. <laughs> We're coming to a close here, Dr. Courtney Baker, and I want to make sure, I, one of my, my favorite things to do is I want to always make sure that I give my guests the last word, if you will. And so since this program is about the world of work, people can, how people can more meaningfully connect with that, what thoughts would you like to share with our listeners relative to that subject? The world of work, you know, don't be someone's undervalued employee you know what, go out, you got one shot at this, and if you are somewhere where you aren't feeling valued and respected and appreciated, then change it. Mm. That's, I mean, you, that's nobody's fault but your own. So go out there and find find your passion and, and live into that. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole coaching thing has been, it's been so much fun, and if there's anybody who who really wants to connect and find find their passion and they're not sure about it, call me. I'll help you. <laughs> just give me a call. You just might get a few callers. <laughs> uh, great way to close, Dr. Baker. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the show. Uh, I think you have such a, a gift or a set of gifts to offer. I think your Thank message you. is so important. Your story is so important. And I appreciate that I got to be the person that was here to catch it and share it with a few people who are listening today. Well, I'm honored that you had me. I when you I was I was just I was shocked and 
when you asked me because I thought, wow, you know, if she feels like I have a story, then sure, I'll share it, you know? <laughs> well, I'll ask the listeners to chime in on, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, if you think Miss Dr. Courtney Baker has a story, yes or no. <laughs> Uh, if you want to learn more about her, please do visit her website. It's new, so it's still in development, but it's it's www.bakermanagementgroup.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Dr. Courtney Baker. It's been wonderful to listen to her. Next week, I will feature Christopher Scott, who spent 13 years in prison for a murder he did not commit, only to get out and now make it his mission to help others with private investigation and legal aid who believe they are also wrongly convicted. Hope you join us next week. Remember that work is one-third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.